Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am one half of the mega podcasting powers, Trip Lano. With me, as always, the man too hot to handle and too cold to hold, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. We are dissecting the 80s. Every other week, we watch some form of 80s culture, be it a movie or a TV show or an icon, and we dissect it. If you want to get a hold of us, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash dissecting the 80s. Instagram.com slash dissecting the 80s or dissecting the 80s on the app. Twitter.com slash dissectamania, slightly different on the Twitter. You can also find anything you need to know about us on our brand new website, dissectingthe80s.com. You'll find a link to our sampler, which is bit.ly slash dissectomania, which is integral in our pyramid scheme of tell two friends. So if you like this show, send them the bit.ly slash dissectomania and let them know what we're all about here. You'll also find ways to contact us, links to old episodes, and just some general shenanigans that we get up to from time to time. It also has a spot for you to send us show suggestions at our new email address, dissectingthe80s at gmail.com. And most importantly, if you review this show on iTunes, I will read it on the air. How long does the promotion run? Until we get 100 reviews. 100? Uh-huh. That's lofty. I know. It's a long-term plan. I will read your review on the air. And frankly, if you like this show, tell two friends. Make us the pyramid scheme in your life. It doesn't cost you anything. Just pass along. That might not be the idea. <laughs> no, I want it to be. I want people to feel like that we're, they're part of something. Because, you know, they are. The dissectomaniacs are a vital part of this. You tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and then they tell two friends, and suddenly, you know, I get to quit my job and do this full time. That's, that's a good idea. That's fun. <laughs> what are they, like 30 years down the road? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. We haven't run out of things by then. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff made in the 80s. We'll, we'll get through all of it. I'm not, no, because it's going to, at that point, it's going to be all bad stuff. <laughs> and at that point, our we're going to have a screening team <laughs> to, like, make sure I don't hate it before I watch it. Like you did this week? Mm, different, yeah. I probably they probably would have not left it. This would have been like a soft maybe. Well, this week, even though it is September twenty eighth, don't touch that dial. Don't attempt to adjust your screen. It is in fact the beginning of the spooktacular three D. We are coming to you in, in three, three dimensions. dimensions for all three of the selections we have for you for this very special second spooktacular. Spooktacular is my favorite word. So <laughs> We are starting things off with, I guess we're kind of starting alphabetically. I don't know that we'll continue alphabetically. But, but we're starting alphabetically. With Amityville 3D. Not our first horror 3D. Nope. Actually came out the same year. All three of these movies and Jaws 3D came out the same year, 1983. Oh, did they really? Yeah, so every 30 years, Hollywood tries this 3D thing. So we had it in the 50s, we had it in the 80s, we had it in the 2010s, or right around the 2010s, mm-hmm. and the audiences are like gaga for it for like a minute and a half, and then they're like, wait, this hurts my eyes, and I have a headache, and I don't like I it. I feel like I'm going to throw up. Yeah. I have to take these off now. Yeah. Although, frankly, this, I bet, I haven't done the math or the research, but I bet this current period of 3Dification is the longest one. I would think so. Yeah. Because... Do you go see stuff in 3D anymore? Sometimes, depending if it's like super worth it. Like, uh, they released Nightmare Before Christmas in 3D, Yeah. and that is what I refer to as more theatrical 3D, where the depth, it goes away from you. Right. So it looks like you're watching a stage, right, right. Da, 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 as opposed to more in-your-face 3D, where the things come to you.
you. Right. I never feel like I'm getting my money's worth on those types of... I just think sometimes for, like, it was really cool to watch Nightmare Before Christmas and be like, oh, this, it feels like I'm in this world and there's so much, there's more dimension to it. Like, that was kind of a cool thing. Right. Definitely not something I need all the time. It's not practical to have in your home. No. I'm kind of, like, I, my thing is, I don't want to go see it unless you shot it in 3D. And mostly, the ones I've enjoyed the most have been the absurd stuff. The Piranha 3D. Oh. My Bloody Valentine 3D, where it's literally blood and guts spraying into the audience of just absurd, mm-hmm. over-the-top nonsense. That's that's what I've liked the most. I do love Muppets. The Muppets 3D. Well, that's like a, a show at a theme park. I know, but it's like, I do... I love theme park 3D shows. I, I'm all about all Except of Except Universal. No, I'm into all of it. I don't want to get sprayed with water. Turn <laughs> off your 40. water. Turn that's off 40. your water cannons. Anyway, we have t- dithered and dithered long enough. Let's talk about Amityville 3D. Well, hang on. I'm curious. Do you go... So, you... Oh. I, I'm trying to think of them. I don't think I've seen anything. Avatar might have been the latest thing I've seen that was that can't be right. in 3D that like is a new movie, not like a remastered something. You, you haven't seen anything since Avatar? That was like six years ago. In 3D? Yeah. But what have you seen in 3D since? I saw the two movies I just mentioned. and uh, I didn't see those in movie theaters. I saw them with you. Uh, yeah, I saw those both in theater. I saw one of the animated ones in 3D because somebody was like a it was the only convenient showtime and I went. Mm-hmm. But I don't go to like I'm snobby. Did we see Dark Knight in 3D? Those weren't released in 3D, no Okay. They were IMAX, otherwise. Right. And I paid for the IMAX upcharge on those because they were actually filmed with IMAX cameras, mm-hmm. which is a whole different kit and caboodle. We don't, I, you don't need to hear my soapbox rant about IMAX on this on this God, episode no, of the show. But do some research before you spend your money, is all I'm saying. But, yeah, I have gone to a few. I didn't do any of the Marvel stuff because it's all post-converted, and I just don't think it ever looks very good. And I just There's always one scene in every Marvel movie where I'm like, oh, that's the 3D part that they like. Oh, quick, throw something at people. So there's mm-hmm. always one, like Cap Shield and the first Captain America thrown right at the camera one That's time true. and but like it just doesn't add anything for me wait a minute i think hang on i i think i saw one with a friend a couple years ago i don't know what it was but remember i had the 3d glasses like in a like oh this is like a, a shadow like i'll put this into a shadow box someday never have but i put the pair of 3d glasses in that collection of things i don't remember what movie it was but now i remember that i did see something yeah i don't i i typically don't pay for the extra no it's so much extra money right it's not worth three bucks to me unless it's ridiculous like if if we were seeing these movies in 3d i would probably think about it because i want the i want the over the top mm-hmm. so we did not watch amityville 3d in 3d we should say it is yeah. available we did not <laughs> want to plunk down the blu-ray cost of purchasing oh, no. this so we uh we did not watch this and we saw this 2d version but regardless of how we saw it we gotta go back marty we gotta go dissect the 80s when the mega powers explode i'm talking about the 80s So Amityville 3D is the third in the Amityville horror franchise. This one, however, because of a lawsuit, is not directly connected to the other two, which no. were about the same family. Uh, I think they changed their name, but they were the actual family who the book was based on was the Lutz family. Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about this right off the top because I have an issue with this whole thing. I do too. They're they're liars. So yeah, the people who investigated this thing, the ones who got the most famous, and Lorraine Warren, exactly. Ed 
and Lorraine Warren have made a, I think one of them has passed I think she's alive and he's not I believe that's true but they've made a lot of money over the years as these so called paranormal psychic experts and their biggest claim to fame was a lie and it was debunked it, and it was de- debunked by someone who was a principal member of the story being created was like yeah we made that all up mm-hmm. over a bottle of wine several direct quote yeah, yeah several he said three or four mm-hmm. and it's like I don't I, I don't say that I, or I don't mean to say that this Amityville horror book isn't a good story because I think it is a pretty good story oh yeah it's cool it's kind of scary and, and people feeling unsafe in their homes is a very standard horror thing and it's totally fine to me that this story exists and was adapted I have no problem with that what does drive me bananas though is they keep making movies referencing the Warren's quote unquote case files and there was one fairly recently that I had the title Annabelle? up here. The is, Conjuring. Is Annabelle, The Conjuring, is that based on theirs too? The Conjuring is, Annabelle is from the beginning of The Conjuring, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So The Conjuring was based on theirs. Mm-hmm. It was, okay, I, thank you, because I couldn't remember. But I was saying I've this. Seen, it's actually, because I didn't want to pay to see it because they're either phonies in my head, mm-hmm. or at least to a degree. Right. I don't, I don't know how credible they are now because of this coming to the whole like this right. isn't real but it's an enjoyable little movie yeah I've heard people really like it and I, I that, again it's not to say that there's any reason why th- you can't use their stuff but I just it anno- drives me crazy when they're like based on a true story and it's like no it's obviously not true mm-hmm. like they, their biggest case was phony how would you believe any of their subsequent cases weren't also yeah, phony exactly so put it based on the stories of Ed and Lorraine Warren that w- I think that's actually a really perfect thing because some there are people who go okay oh that's true and then there are people who go okay they tell good stories right which is fine like Stephen King is really good at telling scary stories I don't think that makes him less qualified to tell scary stories oh, not at all. but he doesn't go like oh yeah all this is true like they're just good storytellers that's okay that's a thing you can be good at and be at, like base movies on mm-hmm. you but, can <laughs> but they also have like a museum stuff I know it's bananas which I'm curious I would, I would like to see that I think I've gotten things they've cr- like curated collected yeah. random strange effects so mm-hmm. that is my soapboxy rant about the Warrens in general. Right. I'm not a big fan, and I'm also not a big fan of Amityville Horror 3D, as it come, we came to find out. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, this has some really fun 3D credits, which is one of only, what, four or five direct overt poke-you-in-the-eye type things in this movie? I think there's probably six or seven. But not a ton. I was expecting mm. way more for a movie. We got... There was the swordfish. There was the... Pole in the windshield. Pole in the window. The skeleton reach. There the was the mic. paper straw. The boom mic. Couple other things during the big mayhem scene at the end. Yeah. So okay, about a, maybe ten. We'll mm. we'll call it, but not as much as I thought there would be. I was expecting a lot Every more like oogity boogity throwing at you. Um, but this movie really doesn't have a lot of oogity boogity. Like it doesn't like jump out. It does not. This was edited by Frank J. Uriost, I believe is how you pronounce it, who was uh, thrice nominated for Academy Awards, RoboCop, Die Hard, and Basic Instinct. RoboCop was nominated for an Academy Award for the editing. Was that the only one? I would assume so. I was there, like makeup. maybe an effects or makeup yeah, effects it could be. And it's directed by Richard Fleischer, who is the son of Max Fleischer, the guy who was responsible for bringing Betty Boop and Popeye and some other cartoon characters of that era. He invented rotoscoping, which is a revolutionary animation technique. Mm-hmm. And frankly, Richard Fleischer, a guy who directed some fairly well-known movies, he, he started with the RKO in the studio system doing oh, shorts. Oh, did he really? Yeah, 1942 to 1987, towards the end, obviously. But uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Soylent Green, Tora Tora Tora, Fantastic Voyage. He did Soylent Green? Mm-hmm. Dr. Doolittle. Slumming it here. Yeah, really slumming it here. And it's one of those, it kind of bummed me out to read his Wikipedia page to see a guy who 
had some vision and did some cool stuff. I mean, hey, we all got to eat. It's not a big deal that to have mm-hmm. to, to earn a paycheck. But you know, this is one of the last things he did, and you know, I'm sure the offers were not flying in in this stage of his career. So it's kind of a bummer to think of him, you know, forced to do Amityville 3D after he's done some pretty. I mean, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. The effects aren't. They don't hold up. No, of course it's a 50 year old movie, but the, that's a pretty fun adventure movie. Oh yeah. So we start with a whole lot of wind, just oh my so God. much wind. It's like they're walking in a damn wind tunnel. <laughs> it's we're, I thought we were getting like we accidentally turned on Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I was I would have been happy. <laughs> I would have been so happy. And the first thing that I notice about this movie is that the lighting sucks really, really, really it bad. It sucks like a dime store hooker on double coupon day. <laughs> it's bad. It's it's utterly utterly incomprehensible points you at least 30 to 40 percent of the movie is is black right just pitch black right and which is preposterous and i was concerned okay maybe this is a bad transfer maybe so i started looking up almost universally the reviews of the time were saying it's dark you can't tell what's going on and the 3d just made it worse which is something i have as a complaint with the modern 3d too is the movies start to look darker because you're essentially wearing sunglasses inside the theater when you're Mm -hmm. watching the movie so i i assume that's part of the process here too that the filter because the, this, this is not red and blue anymore, is it? Or is I think it, still... it is. Yeah, they they said polarized lenses in the Wikipedia, which mm-hmm. leads me to believe more like a modern lens. But I've never seen a picture of 80s 3D glasses, so I, I can't even tell I've you. only ever seen the red and blue kind. Right. I went looking, and, and 3D glasses just pulls up endless images of the red and blue. So I I honestly don't know. I'm sure someone will correct us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got a seance happening. We've got a couple who have been have told the seance masters that they lost a kid. In the Amityville house, I believe they said they lost Yeah. Him. Well, no, the Amityville house is the where the seance is being told because it's like a portal that allows oh, them to, okay. I to reach the spirits. Oh, okay. I assume it was some kind of a... No, that they... The Amity, in this movie, so it's weird. They can't directly talk about Amityville 1 and 2, but they talk about their his history in this house. The history of the house. Right. And, and they do it in kind of a vague term, which I'm assuming was very well vetted by a lawyer who was mm-hmm. like, yes, this line, no, that line. So we ha- we later find out that the house has been purchased by a guy who's trying to get rid of it, and he's making a few bucks by having these seances here. So it's an old woman and her husband who are basically using the house as a way to channel spirits. It's like a portal to hell. They, you know, this house is on an Indian, whatever. Con artists. Yeah, they're con artists, but their excuse is this house has some special capability that allows them to use it as a conduit for contacting the mm-hmm. dead. So this husband and wife, as far as we know, are there trying to contact their kid, and then they're doing a seance and spooky stuff starts happening. We got noises, we got my and stuff like that happening. We got a green gl- floating orb, like yep. Madame Leota yeah. in the Haunted Mansion. Yep. And all of a sudden, lady, lady, not... The young lady, not, not the seance, seance lady. conductor. Reporter lady, is she a reporter? She's a reporter. Reporter, lady reporter, gets up and starts flashing pictures, and suddenly we see that there's a person holding a stick, holding up the green flashing orb. He's in a black morph like, suit, like a zentai suit, with a stick and a and the thing of cotton. Runs out, hits to the wall because he's not seeing anything. Then they, they they like start turning on the lights and like yeah you're idiots we exposed you we we write for this mag reveal magazine. It is called Reveal Magazine, which is just delightful. They should just call it Gotcha. Right. And Reveal Magazine is, in this movie universe anyway, dedicated to exposing skepticism and stuff like that. Feels like that should be a short magazine. Right. Like that should, maybe should be a year's worth of magazines. Like a like a year, an annual? Yeah, one a year at this point. A pamphlet that comes out. <laughs> it's a leaflet. Monthly. Yeah. It it's a front and back of... laminated. Yeah, I, I don't quite understand 
how you think you're going to make a monthly publication that's just purely dedicated to debunking ghost stories. I feel like that's going to get... There's really... only so many. Well, it's also going to get ridiculously niche and local. You're going to have to go to debunking very small local legends at that point. After... Mm-hmm. It's like Snopes as a magazine. Yeah. But without the internet hoaxes that make Snopes interesting, or, or rather than interesting, regularly updated. Mm-hmm. So this is where they bring in the DA and their doctor friend, and they're like, yeah, you guys are idiots, and we just debunked you. You're going to be in the face of, you're going to be in the cover of our next magazine. Right, and they're they're calling them assholes and throwing them out of the house. And they get spit on. Yes, which, assault. Also, that was a 3D thing, spit right mm-hmm. at the camera. Yeah. Um, Melanie is the name of the female lady reporter. reporter. John is the gentleman who is our main character in the uh, mm-hmm. And then Elliot is the man who comes in and is also working with them. He's sort of the lab tech guy who does some of the more hands-on debunking individual items and yeah. photographs and things like that. So we have Melanie, we have John, and Elliot who are going to be our, our guides through the rest of this movie. So. And they go to explore the rest of the house, and then the power goes out, and they're like, let's just go. Yeah, we'll come back tomorrow. It, it may, like, we may not believe in ghosts, but this is still a creepy house to be in at night. Sure, and you know, wandering through a house that's been rigged to, with all this gear is probably not the safest thing to do if you don't know what it is yeah exactly so night turns to day we're back at the house with the guy who owns it who i guess is a portly fellow a very large bald man sort of an alfred hitchcock look to him yeah a little bit and they're walking through the house exposing all the gear that they have there's speakers hidden in places there's microphones hidden in places you know also and he's kind of playing dumb about it like i had no idea these people were doing this and they're like oh but you totally did yeah and they go into the basement where the central hub of all the gear is, and he steps on a floorboard that breaks, and suddenly he's about to fall into a pit. Yeah, a deep, deep pit. So they drag him out of the hole, and it turns out there's this giant hole in the floor. It's an old well, I guess. Yeah. They called it. Yeah, and the guy acts as if he's never encountered this well before, which, again, preposterous, because you own this house. Presumably, you walked through it at least once. He owns not only this house, but the two houses on either side, and is a local, like, well-known real estate agent. Right. He's the guy whose face you see on the local benches mm-hmm. yeah urinal cakes if you if you like i love you man no do you ever see that movie no oh the the realtor had urinal cakes Ew. You, yeah how do you know you oh uh, you peed on my face oh that's funny <laughs> so they threaten to expose him and he's like you can't do that because i have a reputation and i'll never sell houses again exactly but also if you want to buy this house for me it's pretty cheap yeah and i don't so, know how they got onto that and how the guy agreed how john agreed to it yeah john is just he very quickly transitions from I'm going to I'm I'm going to expose you as a giant fraud to well I guess I'll just blackmail you a little bit. Mhm. And that's just totally glossed over in the movie, and everybody's fine with it. So John buys the house. Meanwhile, for... Melanie is snapping pics from the window, like she is rear window. Right, and she was taking pictures of Tubsy, Tub, <laughs> Mr. Hitchcock, for all over the house. And so she goes to develop the photos, and John goes home to hang out with his ex-wife very briefly. Mm. And this is where we get our well, at the time, not star power, but what would be, and we're using star power a little loosely here, so bear with us. Maybe ten years ago, we could call Yeah, well, it's Lori Lachlan, who is... Aunt Becky. Yes, that's right. Aunt Becky, the wife, or girl, and or girlfriend, maybe both. I think wife. I think both. Girlfriend eventual wife. Yeah, of uh, Uncle Jesse on Full House, Mm -hmm. and the obviously way bigger star Meg Ryan. Just hanging out here. Exactly. Second film appearance by Meg Ryan. And first for, for Lori Lachlan. Lori Lachlan is the daughter of John, and Meg Ryan's her best friend. Meg Ryan plays Corey out. Feldman. Yeah, essentially, the sort of exposition. The dumb. lady Corey Feldman. Yeah. Feldman? 
So he tells his ex-wife that he's bought this horror house, and she's like, you're an idiot. Why would you buy a horror house? Mm-hmm. People were murdered in there. I know you don't believe in this crap, but there was an actual murder in there that's not a great that's place That's still gross. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Portly goes to the house. For a reason that I'm never... It I never think he was there to, like, probably close some paperwork. Oh, uh, yeah, you're like, probably right. They were probably supposed out. to meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're exactly right. They were doing closing. And he hears footsteps, who goes upstairs, hears more footsteps, goes up to the attic, goes into her room, gets locked in. Surrounded by flies. Right. And now the flies is something that carries over from the original novel of... Oh, does it? I was curious. I'm saying novel because I don't believe it's true, but the book, the bug thing was something the the Lutzes talked about a lot, that there were swarms of bugs in the house. Oh. Yeah. Swarms of bugs and lots of... That was one of the many things. Mind you, they never called an exterminator, nor a police officer, nor a fire department, nor... I mean, I feel like if you called a police officer for, for swarms of bugs, they'd be like... Well, I agree, but all the weird shit that happened in their house, you think somebody would have dialed 911 and said, hey, like, I'm freaking out here, you know? Mm-hmm. It I mean, it, yes, that's I, true. I feel like that would have happened at some point. It never did. Because uh, we'd seen the bugs in the beginning of this movie, and I was, like, confused. And you just constantly hear fly buzzing. And I couldn't tell if it was just a shitty audio or, <laughs> or flies. But it is flies because then we get to see our buddy the 3d fly yeah the single 3d fly not a gaggle of them just one just making little glowing he's just making little swirly circles on the thing and then they swarm mr hitchcock take him down and he's like choking and choking and like it's hard to tell what they use to be the fake flies but this poor actor was definitely covered in something oh they covered his face it might have been a raisin we, my said, my guess is that they turned him into human ants on a log and just covered his face in peanut butter and then pushed <laughs> his face into like a bowl of raisins, and they were like, "Good enough." We have no budget. Moving along. And then, but then they also had someone throwing raisins at him to be the flies, right? Like, flying, yeah. So that they fell in his mouth. Who cares? It was the, he gets a snack. It was the least uncomfortable version of what Tippy Hedren went through. In <laughs> oh, the this is like the tame version. <laughs> Tippy Hedren was like flipping him off, being like, "Oh fuck you! <laughs> You're throwing live animals at me. This guy just got raisins. <laughs> I got tied to birds." <laughs> So there's just lots of really long, silent scenes of people walking through this house. I would say of the 90 minutes or so that this movie runs for, 12... 20, to- 20 minutes is outside shots of the house, <laughs> quick cuts, and 15 is silent walking. Well, let, let's talk about that the house thing, because we're, we're, we're on that we're segment of it. Well, it's fine. It's, it's a regular occurrence of the movie. So I get that this house has an ominous look to it. It sort of looks like a face. It does. The chimney and the two windows have a kind of funny shape look like eyes the chimney sort of forms a nose it's a it's an unusual looking house i understand why this particular house would be spooky looking i get it i totally understand what i don't understand is why in this movie they cut to the outside of the house usually with some real mickey mouse like type music and then zoom in on what would be the right eye of the house with nothing in the window because they that like it's the kind of thing where you would flash and see michael myers in the window right or you would see jason standing behind the tree right and they just flash their empty house and so every time I'm like oh what am i looking at what's in, what's in the window no, nothing 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 is in the windows there's not even a light on in most of them it's not even as if they have okay there's this light and some shadows are moving or even just the fly buzzing and landing on the window and walking would have been creepy and there's just nothing literally nothing at least give me like a, a shimmering shadow person yeah give me anything that says why i should be afraid of this window that you're just showing me an empty window on is a cool summer day a nice house like is this, <laughs> is this like the realtor.com listing yeah it's bizarre and it's a lot in this movie that we just cut to outside show you the windows 
Yeah. So Portly is dead. They say he died of a, heart, a stroke or a, stroke, a heart attack. Something like that. And John just refuses to believe that stuff's going in the house because, you know, he's a skeptic. Yeah. That's what he does for a living. He's a skeptic. And Melanie develops the pictures of Mr. Portly and John. And Mr. Portly looks like he's been eaten alive by flies. Like and he's like. Yeah, he looks like a rotting corpse. And John looks totally fine. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why are all these pictures like this? Yeah. There's something wrong, John. And he's like, no, you're a lady. <laughs> you are a woman. What do you know? And she has not only pictures of. It's not as if it's just one room. She has pictures of him in the one, the basement. He looks like he's a rotting corpse. They have pictures of him on the front lawn. It looks like that. And he just refuses to believe it. So she takes all of this gear to Elliot to have it examined, who sends it off to a lab for. We never get any update on that nope that's there's a there's a five minute scene of characters going well this is weird but we'll get it checked out and get an answer for you no no answers none i mean we sort of indirectly get the answer we understand but it is it is never that they come back and use that as a oh my god your camera's perfectly fine something is going on in the house we have to go investigate and we only i wanted more of that camera thing you know what i mean like i was waiting for like a couple use like that happened twice it happened with the portly man looking like a zombie right and then the creepy face later right and that's it and I, I was like it's kind of a cool like a cool trick yeah and I, it was cool to get it's like it's like the omen and the other great part is you get a reaction from excuse me you don't the other cool part is as an audience member you learn a piece of information that the characters in the house don't know and it builds suspense and tension you're going oh shit there's this monsters in the house for real it's actually a monster you gotta go exactly help them instead just kind of gets dropped and nothing happens and again i can't stress enough just how dark and unseeable this movie is and i'm not, I'm not i use unseeable on purpose even though it's not really a word because it's not unwatchable it is literally you cannot see, see what is happening. happening it's kind of like someone's whole covering your eyes it you might as well have your eyes closed through three quarters of this movie but not from the fright but because you would get just as much by solely listening it's to it outrageous so john explains away the death of mr hitchcock by saying Saying, he was a sick man. You only had to look at him to see if he was sick. But he just was fat. And, and not even that fat. No. He, he was, was portly. He was That's 80s what... large. Mm-hmm. Not, not, like, in a current, sadly, in our current thing, he's, like, a- average-ish. Like, he would not be, like, you know when the news shows, like, stock footage of neck-down fat people? Yeah. He would not be a neck-down fat person. <laughs> you're exactly right. He's not fat enough to be neck-down fat person. <laughs> like, that's not who he was. <laughs> Oh, that's the saddest thing in the world. <laughs> hey, welcome to America. <laughs> Have a cheeseburger. Oh, man. He's not just a pair of sweatpants on the 6 o'clock news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he... <laughs> <clears throat> he gets carted away, and then there's. This is the first time that John is told about the ghoul photos. Like, hey, I developed these photos. Look, mm-hmm. it's a ghoul. He's. It's not. He's. He's a ghoul. Look at him. Hey, it's a ghoul. And John is like, eh, your camera's broken or something. Get out of here, woman. Right. So. Is this when his daughter comes and picks out a room at the house? Yes, I believe it is. Uh, she he, starts wandering around, and he's like, pick a room, sweetheart. It's all yours, because this is now... I, I live here, so it's your house, too. Right. She goes up to the attic, and the room in the attic, and she decides, this one. Yeah. This is my room. Yep. No. No. <laughs> which is the room that the murders took place, which is information that was easily accessible to John, that he could have been like, hey, we're blocking the door in this room and sealing it off, and that's it's just gone forever. And even if you don't believe in that, like ghosts, that's right. still, you don't want to be sleeping in the murder room. Right. I wouldn't want to sleep in the murder house, but I especially don't want to sleep in the murder room. Right. I mean, ghosts or not. I don't want to be in a room where a person died. Someone got shot. Right. Two people got shot. The yeah. kids. Yeah, it's... It's just not a pleasant place to be. It's a bad... It's just not good. Creepy and weird feeling. Sure. You know that there's blood in there. 
You know there's blood in there. Right. You can't clean that all out. It's in the floorboards. It's in the cracks and crevices and places you, you just can't get to. Unless you bathe the house in bleach. Right. Welcome to blood. Right. Yeah. I don't want to live in a murder house. So I he lets her pick this room. Yeah. And he just is like, whatevs, you're you're going to be Aunt Becky. It's fine. <laughs> You'll be decent. You'll someday. be living in attics for your whole career. Ha! <laughs> just get used to it. She was in a, a Lifetime movie. She's been in several Lifetime yeah, movies, Yeah, I was going to say, let's... let's uh, Addend that. <laughs> she's been in many Lifetime productions. Many, many. But hey, she's working. She is working. Good, good for, for her. good for you, Aunt Becky. <laughs> she's in that nine two one over remake. Was she really? Yeah. Wikipedia told me so many things I didn't know about <laughs> Lori Lockwood just like ten minutes. Ago. Like how Meg Ryan hasn't acted in six years. Yeah, I mean I knew it had been a while, but yeah, she just fell off the face of the earth right around the time she got too much plastic surgery. Yeah. Well. Anyway, let's not talk about women. anything other than this movie. <laughs> let's not talk about the women of this movie doing better things. Melanie goes to investigate that, tell John something. Mm-hmm. We don't know what, but she's in the house like, John, John. And creepy cracking. It's, it's dark. She's looking for him. Now, this is the part that I don't recall. Why did she think he was there? Because his car wasn't there. I, she thought someone was there because of the creaking. Right, but there was no car outside. I agree. Okay. But she okay, heard, just so we're on the same page. I just she heard footsteps and yes. assumed it was John. So she's walking all over this house, and... Suddenly, she opens a door, and there's a woman we've never seen before in this movie. With an axe? Was no, it, an axe? It, was a, it was a big, weird flashlight. Yeah, that's what it was. Holding it over her head, ready to kill her, and then the woman's like, ah! And then they both scream, and then they start laughing, like, oh, I'm like looking for John. Laughing. Yeah, and the As if they've like, met each other before. Right. But this woman hands her a flashlight and goes, uh, Mr. Baxter should be home soon. Walks out the door and out of this movie. <laughs> No preamble, no epilogue. She's a character that is introduced trying to kill one of the main characters, hands her a flashlight, disappears. We never learn her name. We do. It was like Deb or something. She knew her name? She's Yeah, she said her name. She introduced herself or the other woman knew it? I think it sounded like Melanie knew it. Okay. So Melanie, I guess, knew her, but we as the audience we sure have no idea who that is. still don't know who she was. Right. She's in this movie for one scene, three minutes, and then shoomp, on to other things. And then they smash cut to someone else. They smash cut to Baxter in an elevator. Oh, almost dying. Yeah. Because it rockets him all the way to the top floor. Well, first there's a fly in there and he swats at it. And then the elevator zooms all the way to the top floor and smushes him to the floor. And then zooms all the way to the basement and hits him up against the ceiling. Doesn't kill him, though. No, no, because he's apparently impervious to this ghost thing. Just kill him. Just kill him. (laughs) You have powers. We would have no movie then. There could be someone else in the house. That's the movie I want, where like the they, they just murders them real quick, and someone else moves in. <laughs> it's like a chain assembly yeah. line of murders. It's just like a an endless parade of murders. <laughs> So he's having this elevator adventure. A fuse goes out in the house while Melanie is there by herself, and she goes to investigate. She goes down to the basement, and she, she like, gets scared. But she does that thing that like all little kids do when they go to the basement. They like go halfway down the steps, but they haven't left the steps, and they kind of like peek down and right. look around with a flashlight. Right. And she sees the fuse box, and is like, nope, nope, F that, I'm yeah, out of here. Yeah, and she runs back upstairs. Shuts the door, and it flies open again. With a burst of icy cold air. And that, because, oh, there's been ice in the house, too. Like, right. The, the window's, window's been icing up right. and stuff. Uh, that ice, apparently, was warm wax that okay. they blasted on her. Oh, my God. Did she get burned? No. It wasn't hot. It was just warm wax. Okay. To, like, have... It wasn't, that seems horribly uncomfortable. She said she had to, like, use special shampoo to get it out of her hair. <laughs> That's terrible. I know. So she's, like, free, like, frozen or whatever, and then he enters the house. 
everything's fine except she's horrified in the corner and, and covered in ice screams at him yeah oh actually no she's thought out at that point yeah she's, she's just l- covering the corner she's damp. You're right yeah yeah she's just damp so she just screams in his face and runs out of the house not even like real words just kind of like <laughs> John! yeah out the window mm-hmm. or the door rather she doesn't jump out the window <laughs> I <wish. laughs> I, that would have been way more entertaining <laughs> she's like shoulders through the window <laughs> She just busts through. Like, she waited for him to come home just so she <laughs> could break his window. Uh, gets in the car and leaves. And the next day, he's like, are we going to talk about it? <laughs> and she's like, you can't go back, John. You I can't. I know what I saw, John. <laughs> I was there. Right. And then I think this is where she sees the ghost monster face in the photo. Is she? No, because she's dead soon. She's not dead this no, soon. No, she's got a ways to go. In the- no, because it's it's immediately after. She sees the ghost face, gets in the car to okay, show so John. That's, that is for, okay, so they just have the argument and then John's ex-wife is okay this is I had a problem with in this movie not that I had never a problem with pretty much all of this I had a problem with but this particular thing John's ex-wife is introduced early in the movie she doesn't seem to have anything to do with what he does professionally it's no. not as if they were like business partners or anything but she's hanging around with Elliot the tech guy for Unknown no reasons yeah I can't I mean I guess she's concerned about her daughter's safety in the house but it's bizarre that the way that she carries it out but there's a woman who's been in a sensory deprivation chamber for 52 straight hours and then she has a freak out which of course she would that's more you than don't two have days any of sensory input right so she starts screaming and John or Elliot is ra- rather is like mm, yeah well I guess 52 hours is the maximum uh, human human capability of uh, sensory deprivation and the why ex- did you need to know that <laughs> the ex-wife is like wait what sensory deprivation he's like yeah no smells no taste uh, no sight no sound no touch normally I think now when people do sensory deprivation it's in a water there's water in a tank right and you kind of have to go like step I think that's it. always what it was I think the movie just did a bad job of representing because the okay. water is how you lose the sense of touch oh is it yeah I have uh, never done it myself, but I... I, I would be curious to it. I think it would freak me out, but I... I mean, I know it would freak me out. I uh, had a friend of a friend who was very into it, and I was picking her brain about it, because I just I thought it was really fascinating. I, it's one of those, like, I have no interest in this whatsoever, but I would like to know all there is to know about it. It's something I, I don't think I, I want to, like, do all the time, but I, w- I want to do it once, just to sort of have that sort of clarity, the mental clarity of sort of no outside stimuli. But you essentially get into a water coffin. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, just, it's roughly the shape of a coffin. So the shape and size of a coffin you get into it the ones I've seen are bigger oh well this is how she described it to me it was like there's like about a foot on all sides of you so I guess a double wide coffin but she (laughs) and a a, a coffin for American people yeah a coffin for the people you see from the neck down (laughs) on the 6 o'clock news and she said it's got a salt water solution in it so you float and you you have earplugs in and a blindfold on or maybe you don't have a blindfold maybe it's just pitch dark and if you freak out you can just like push your arms up and the thing open it's sort of like a cooler type seal where it like Air, mm-hmm. you know, airlocks you in there so to speak but it sounds terrifying to me like I would I feel like I would get 15 minutes into that and be like alright air light oxygen Mo- a lot most people do that it is about 15 minutes and they're like no 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 I, I can't do this anymore yeah I don't think I could handle it I, think I, I don't think I have the shield but apparently a thing that other people do is take LSD and then get in there which seems like the, the horriblest right idea. now I've never done LSD I have no idea what it's like except to have watched Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas a bunch of times which gives me what I think is a fairly accurate representation of what that yeah, is like. Hunter S. Thompson's probably not lying. Right. And the idea of insane mental imagery coupled with sensory deprivation seems like just the bananasist. <laughs> the worst idea. Yeah, I don't know the land. who thought that was a good idea, but apparently that's a thing people do. See? Including now, I don't wanna I don't wanna 
impugn anybody. I don't know if he's actually said this. I know Joe Rogan is a big fan of sensory deprivation chambers. He goes on and on about his podcast. I believe he's also a person who does the mix the two, but I don't. I'm not 100 really? percent sure of that, and I don't want to say you know be throwing any accusations towards Mr. Joe Rogan, who could most assuredly beat my ass in a fight. I don't know from Joe Rogan. He, he's like a UFC. He's the UFC commentator. Oh, he like trains UFC. Oh, not like he doesn't fight, but he's a commentator for it. He he, he knows his way around a ring much more than me. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that this makes, has been actually, that, that would be a cool concept for a horror movie. Someone locked in a sensory deprivation tank can't get out of it, and they're having like a they're tripping. They they can't like they need to get out. And that should be the next Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it'd just be hard to film because it's supposed to be pitch black in there. Yeah, so but Freddy ha- would be like in your you'd be, you'd, like I'm sure you have dream like vision mm-hmm. the chamber or if it, the whole, I'd be trippy, but because I know a friend who who's doing this, it's a blindfolded theatrical experience. Uh-huh. So if the movie was just a black screen and all you heard you heard everything, you mean like Drew Carey sounds dangerous from Disney MGM Studios? I guess yes. <laughs> It's been. I don't remember that one. Very, that show very well. That replaced the one where I was the millionaire in Gilligan's Island. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. They would bring people up and do like. Quick, oh no! They'd put you in a costume and you'd be like. They would like roll through the history of television. And you'd be up there standing there. That's cute. Yeah, I got there before mom and dad, and I freaked out because the past said three hour tour, and I wasn't familiar with Gilligan's Island. That oh, it was a joke, no. and I was like, "Uh, what's happening here?" And then one of the, kindly one of the people explained to me that no, that was just a joke. I can't tell you how many times it happened to me at Coaster. <laughs> I'd be freaked like, out. Thank you for joining us in this three-hour walking tour of the most historic, the oldest recording studio in Hollywood. And then everyone would rush over to the like the fe- little fence area in yeah, the, yeah. the recording studio and be like, um, I have the Joseph roller coaster. And I was like, <laughs> I'm just doing my job. It's stupid, but I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I have one job on this ship. Okay. <laughs> I was always just like, yeah, it's a, just wait three minutes. We're, we're just having some fun. Magic. 90 seconds, okay? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how old it was. I, old enough that I didn't know what Gilligan's Island was and was not smart enough to put the joke together, but apparently old enough looking that I could play the millionaire on Gilligan's Island. Old enough that they, you, they didn't think you needed an adult. <laughs> yeah, that they were like, yeah, so you whatever. you looked 14. <laughs> apparently. Anyway, we have digressed very far. We were at the sensory deprivation chamber with the scared ex-wife. 58 hours. Yes. 52 hours. 52 hours. So Meg Ryan and cousin, no, Aunt Becky and (laughs) two boys. Cousin Aunt Becky. Cousin Aunt Becky and two boys that we don't know. Well, we missed the part where where Meg Ryan and Aunt Becky went to the house by themselves. Oh, that's right. I, 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 that's what I skipped. I, I, I misread my note. Pardon me. Meg Ryan is going on and on about ghost sex mm-hmm. and then proceeds to show Aunt Becky all of the places in the house where people were murdered. Because she knows everything about this murder. Right. She's super into it. Goes upstairs and is like, hey, this room, this is where everyone died in. Which, by the way, makes her the only person in this movie to have this knowledge. Apparently. Which is bananas. Also, your best friend just said, hey, the room you sleep in every night, this is where everyone got shot. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. One... I don't know if that's a good friend. Two. No, that is a great friend. Pick a different room. That is a great friend. Yeah, good point. Who, I like, I would be like, if I was like, oh, you knew about that and didn't tell me and let me sleep in the murder room? Right. Thanks, Thanks. a lot, dad. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, dad. So. Flash forward to now they're in the house with boys. No, uh, this is the next thing is John is in the house and there's a lot of noise coming from upstairs and he goes to investigate and the pipes are on full blast and the room is full of steam. Mm-hmm. And so he can't get the taps to turn off. So he's trying to turn the water off from underneath the actual source of the water. And, and the, the walls, walls close in on him. And he doesn't notice this. Like it's like full on trash compactor in Star Wars. Right. Like the room is a good three quarters smaller than it was. Yeah. When he first walked in. 
oxygen and he doesn't notice at all. And then he leaves the room and then is like, oh, I left the light. He doesn't say it, but you see like a look on his face like, oh, I forgot something. And he turns around to turn the lights off and he still doesn't notice that the room is smaller than it was when he went into it. I, I, what? What? <laughs> it's your house, man. How do you not know this? So this is where we get the pictures of death again. She's redeveloping the photos, trying to see if she can get the same reaction. And that's where she notices a demon face in the Water? bottom corner of the of the well, I guess. Oh, I thought it was the lake. I thought she took a picture of the lake. Oh, okay. I thought it was the well. I saw I saw water, so I assumed lake. Well, in either case, she has a picture of, of this. So she goes, oh my God, I got to warn John. She gets in the car and she goes like tearing ass off to go back to the, the haunted house. Suddenly her brakes are broken. Yep. And her steering wheel is broken. Right. And she... There's a fly in the car also. And there's also a fly in the car. <laughs> and she slams into a Final Destination style pole carrying truck. Yes. That you might find. Uh, the poles don't kill her. Nope. Just fly at the camera and sort of go next to her. Right. Then her briefcase catches on fire with the pictures in it. And she, as she's trying to put it out, she catches fire. <laughs> yes. For no reason. Nothing. <laughs> None at all. Nothing touches her. She, she hasn't just, been squirted with lighter fluid or just oil or gasoline. Fire. She just whoosh, into flames. goes up. Spontaneous combustion. Then she's like, oh, and she dies. She puts her hand in the window and does like that slow trail down. Titanic. Like, like Titanic, but not sexy. <laughs> but opposite of sexy. <laughs> not done with her yet. Nope. Then someone else comes up and sees the car full of smoke and opens the door and like waves the smoke away. She's there. Charred corpse. Like Amperu. It's skeleton. It's Amperu. Yeah. And then she lunges for the camera. <laughs> and then she's gone. Then it's over. Wh- why? And then the car proceeds to get engulfed in flames, flames and just burn, explode. burn, burn. But, like, why didn't you use the pipe to kill her? Right. I guess that would have been too gory. So? You have to show it. Like, like if we showed the car slamming into the thing, and then the pipes flew through the windshield... And out the back window with blood on it. Yeah, or something like that. We know what happened. Right. You could put it together. We, we figured it out. <laughs> yeah, we're capable as an audience of knowing, like, you, oh. you didn't have to have the... You have to show it missing, then show her catch a fire. Right. Then show her charred corpse lunge out well, the car. Well, we had to get to 93 minutes somehow. And then show the car explode. Like, that's so dumb. Right. So at this point was where I had jumped ahead. So there's a homemade Ouija board happening with Meg Ryan, Aunt Becky, and two boys whose names we don't know or or never care to learn either. Oh, oh, Aunt Becky's mom has also forbidden her from going back to the house. That's right. She's not allowed in, except that's, of course, where they go. And they make, like, a weird... Because that's where her dad lives. Right. You can't just be like, you're not allowed to go to your dad's house. (laughs) I know in our divorce that there's clearly some sort of joint custody agreement because we live in the same town and this is an amicable split. But in hindsight, maybe... Maybe you should listen to mom. I agree. I agree. I'm not saying that that is wrong, that mom shouldn't have, like, mom definitely should have been like, hey, no, it's a murder house. Right. You can't, you cannot raise our daughter in a murder house. <laughs> no. I have rules. <laughs> it's very simple. Right. So they, they have a, a glass and a bunch of papers with letters, and the boys are instantly like, who's going to die in this room in the next year? And Aunt right. Becky's like, no, you idiots. Have well, you- first they're like, what color underwear is Aunt Becky wearing? And she's like, you guys are the dumbest. And then they go right from underwear to murder. And she's like, whoa, hard left <laughs> in Albuquerque. <laughs> well, we went from sex to murder. And what Meg Ryan's like, guys, calm down. You just ask Spirit who they are and what they want. And then she's like, everyone hands on. And then she goes, who's in danger in this room? And Becky's like, that is not what you told me you were going to ask. <laughs> and she's really upset about it, but she doesn't because, stop it. duh. Well, of course. She's the one living in the murder house. <laughs> and it spells out her name, Susan. Yeah. And they're like, she's like, someone's moving it. And then all of a sudden, the glass rockets out of her hand into the wall. And smashes. Another 3D moment. Yes, it does. It goes and right And Meg Ryan's like, what are you doing throwing glasses at the wall? 
you we all had one fingertip on it. It is impossible for us to have been the cause of that glass shattering. Go go to hell. <laughs> go to hell, Meg Ryan. <laughs> and so the glass shatters and we cut to outside of more ominous house shots again. And just... then you see a, a a frisbee fly at your face. Right. From out of nowhere. And they all like, hey, here's a boat. Let's get on it. We don't know whose boat it is. Nope. For We do not know that her father owns a boat. Nope. There has been no boat shown in this movie until this second. She gets on a boat. Mom shows up at the house. He's like trying to find her daughter. All of a sudden, Aunt Becky is soaking wet. Yes. Walking around, creepily smiling and she, like saying nothing. She Oh, so it's so mom is in the kitchen and looking out and the daughter has come in the front door and she's like, Aunt Becky? Aunt Becky? Aunt Becky? I, you can't I say Aunt Becky because it's creepy. <laughs> Okay. It's weird. All right. Susan, Susan, Susan. And Susan turns not... The, so turning to her right would have been the shortest distance to look at her mother. Just like quick look over her shoulder. Instead, she turns to her left and has to go like all Full the way around. Time. Yeah, exorcist style with this just thousand yard stare and weird grin on her face. It's creepy looking. Oh, I, it is. I, she it, does a good job. She nailed it. And she's leaving wet footprints all over the house. She goes up into her room and then her mom like looks out the window and sees the commotion and goes running outside to see what the hell's going on. Because dad has just gotten home. Drops sees, the groceries. Drops all the groceries because they You know see. what? No French baguette in the bag of groceries that's really rare for a movie bag that of groceries. is true yeah that is a really rare for a movie bag of groceries not to have a baguette in it and he runs over and realizes that every all of a sudden there's a way more people yeah there's like a, a dozen kids are around this thing <laughs> and they pulled becky's lifeless corpse <laughs> off the boat and they were like she fell off i don't know what happened yeah you do know what happened you were the only ones there and you right. were in a boat what happened did she hit her head did the propeller get her like how did she fall off this boat and is just <laughs> instantly drowned <laughs> Dead. She's a high school kid. <laughs> Presumably she can swim. Is she a functioning human? Right. Like, it's never established that she can't swim. It's never established that like water's a danger to her. If they had <laughs> done that, it would have made like just said give me give us a two seconds of I don't know how to swim. Yeah, let's not go on the boat. I don't know how to swim. Oh come on, it'll be fun. And Meg Ryan be like, it'll be fun. We're fine. Come on, there's life jackets. That's all I needed. Mm-hmm. Set me up. Set me up before a you little knock me bit. down. Christ. <laughs> you spend nine hours showing me ominous outdoor shots of a house. You can't give me one line of dialogue. The same shots. <laughs> you shot about ten minutes of, of right. outside they just house did it and then recycled it eighty times. Different times of the day. Morning, evening, late afternoon, magic hour. So when John is like hey ex-wife Aunt Becky's dead right and she's like she's inside and she runs inside to show her and the house is empty right and I thought that the wet footprints were still going to be there to make it a little more creepy but they weren't yeah that would have been a nice touch and so John falls asleep on the couch for reasons and his wife Nancy ex-wife Nancy has a complete nervous breakdown but but first he has a creepy dream well no she establishes that she before the dream she's like she's just hiding from me you'll see oh that's right oh you're Oh, you've gone nuts. Yes. Well, this is great. Now you're stu- now I'm stuck with you in my house and a haunted house. <laughs> so he he's like, you know what? F this. I'm having a nap on the couch. And it's not even a solid like I'm drinking a few beers or this pint of Jack Daniels to get to get over it because this is a lot to deal just with. Just sleep. Just just a nap. And the ex-wife is in the basement, leaning over the portal of hell that's bubbling full of water and green light with Aunt Becky like floating in it slowly to the surface. Mm-hmm. And he approaches and kneels down next to her, and they both are like mesmerized by the water. And this is the point where you and I are watching this movie going, all right, wait, I'm really confused now. What is happening? Right. Because it's not shot dream sequencing, which is fine. You can do a little audience, you know, bait and switch. But it's just a lot of this movie you feel like you missed a scene somewhere and mm-hmm. you didn't. A little like Baby. Right. A little like Baby. Although I will say this was way more enjoyable than Baby. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. But 
So she, they, they're like looking in the well. All of a sudden, Aunt Becky comes out full on Phantom of the Opera style. Her, her face is all messed up on the one She's side, like, rawr, rawr, which it turns out to be foreshadowing. I like that. Yeah. Nice touch. And she then he the jolts awake and he hears a commotion in the kitchen. So he goes in there and the ex wife has ripped all of the curtains off the wall and is ironing them. And her, and Becky blouse. Yes, which is just a flannel shirt. Can we just just okay, call yes. it a flannel Fair shirt? Fair enough. I agree. I agree. But there's, call it a blouse. There's nothing blousey at it. And she won't go to Becky's funeral. No just refuses because Becky's not dead right he's hiding and she'll be home any minute so John explains this all to Elliot and Elliot decides to bring in a roughly 45 person crew to monitor the house (laughs) and roughly half a million dollars worth of equipment it might be more than half a million dollars worth of equipment we're talking a full ghost hunter scenario it might be it might be a million yeah it's a lot boom like microphones cameras all sorts of thermal cameras yeah they just outfit the house from top to bottom and meanwhile the ex-wife is comatose sitting in the daughter's room and just like rocking back and forth and being holding like, the doll yeah he'll come back he'll come back and everyone's like we should go help her and they're like no let her talk to the spirits we have plenty to learn here it's it's feeling like it's it got to the point where it felt more like abuse of a human absolutely it did then like let's learn about ghosts no it absolutely did and the guy elliot i was thought this was going to be the point where it turns out that he's like a crazy person and he's doing weird human experiments oh. because i thought that was this, i thought the sensory deprivation was setting up that he's a really bad guy and he was doing like he was using this house because he burst in at the beginning with the reveal magazine i thought it was going to be that like he's been doing animal sacrifices in the basement or he's summoning from some demon from hell Oh, I would have liked that. Right. I thought that the big twist of this movie was going to be that Elliot had something to do with all the weird shit that was happening. And that's why when he starts talking about, oh, we have to see what she does. We have to follow her. We have to lure the demon out. We have to do this stuff. I thought it was the big reveal was going to be like, yes, master, we're here for you. Like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it, it wasn't that there wasn't whatsoever. No, no twist. no twist. So they're monitoring her. And there's the only cool effect in the whole movie is the one that Purple is. Purple jellyfish. Yes. So explain what it is more than that um mom's talking to all of a sudden we hear aunt becky start talking to mom and she's like you have to follow me and help me and it's this sort of swirling undulating um ebbing and flowing kind like of a, a cloth floating in the air but a shimmery kind yeah of effect like a plastic really bag there. in the wind right right um, it's, it's very cool looking it's a sort of unsettling but also kind of intriguing sort of combo mm-hmm. you would want to follow it right I mean, not necessarily you'd yeah. look at it and be like that's You'd like take a step towards right. it. And you'd then... be you'd be very intrigued and confused, and then you would say, "Now nah, I'm getting the fuck out of here." Yeah, because you're a person who has seen a horror movie before. You would shoulder yourself through a window and Any, just, just run anything. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd Kool Aid man my way out of wall if I had <laughs> yeah. to. Like I'm just I'm getting out. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> like I'm, whatever means necessary. But Elliot tells John, who's like, "Oh, I got to stop her." He's like, "No, just let's follow her because I can get your daughter out of the well." All and... of a sudden, your daughter's totally in the well and I can get her out because she has to get out. Right. What, when did that get established? <laughs> we don't know that other than the dream sequence. You're pulling a lady earlier in the movie and right. just all of a sudden saying words that are real now. Right. And that's why I was convinced that it was the, the big twist was coming. Like, he needs the wife to summon and that, the demon. Oh, that makes sense. Right. And I... I can't believe, again, I have come up with a better movie than the one we're watching as we're watching it, but... So they get to the well, and he kneel, Elliot kneels down next to it and is like, Becky, 
Aunt Becky, I can save you. Come out. And a fish monster. <laughs> yes. The one we saw a photo of earlier. Yes. Leaps out, out of the well, breathes fire onto Elliot's face. <laughs> and burns the side of his face that we saw in the dream sequence was burned on Becky's face. Yeah. Phantom of the Abra style. Fish monster grabs him by the face and pulls him into the water. And Elliot's like, Becky, escape while you can. Save your soul. He gets pulled down. And then the water instantly freezes in the column all the way up to the roof. Mm-hmm. And the purple shimmering light just like disappears i was like oh and then i was waiting for becky to like step out of the ice right or like just be like on the ground covered in purple goo anything or be there as a demon that starts wreaking havoc and so it's this weird juxtaposition of like it looks like their daughter but it's ruining their it's trying to kill them like mm-hmm. something interesting no at becky all. never shows back up no at all and becky is dead and they run from the pit and then the house just starts getting destroyed like like the end of Carrie. Yeah. Just collapse itself. People are dying left and right. <laughs> One guy gets thrown at the camera like a 3D effect. Like he got <laughs> spring launched into, that was his the, job. into frame. Yeah. I want to see the audition posting for that show. <laughs> well, I'm sure it was a stuntman. Uh, not necessarily. It <laughs> was the, the guy 80s. off the street. The 80s were pretty weird. <laughs> they just like sit on this spring loaded thing and get thrown at the camera. <laughs> Don't tell No, they didn't tell him it was spring loaded. <laughs> just sit right here. <laughs> Close your eyes. Count to 10. <laughs> and, it's just a, and then they launched him on four. <laughs> 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 no, they launched him on 11. So he was like, 10. Guys? No. <laughs> <laughs> but there's just sparks flying, equipment flying. Ice forming everywhere. Right. Glass shattering. Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin comes running yeah. through. It's just like a lot of weird things happening. They run out. They The poor actor... Like, they made him work way too hard to break open that door. Yeah, he was legitimately looked like he was breaking down a door to save his own life. He had a, <laughs> he had a, a coat rack and was smashing the, the window of the of the door again and again and again with it. And it was a dozen hits before he made any progress, and then he could bust his way out. It was at least three minutes. Yeah. Which so, is way too long for a movie. Right. Either he's weak, and it was a gimmicked thing that didn't work just quite right, or they just were like, yeah, just bust out of the door. It's fine. Mm-hmm. That's when the swordfish flies off the wall. Right. Misses him, misses the wife, flies to the camera. Unnecessary. Right, but also fun. Uh, uh, It's probably the most fun 3D effect in this whole stupid movie. So then they jump out the window, Mm -hmm. and the house collapses on itself. Mm -hmm. We pan over to the well. And it's it's, still bubbling. It's bubbly and shimmering, and you're going, oh, here comes the demon. The fly. Here comes the fly out of the well. Roll credits. Well, first the well catches on fire, and then the fly comes out of the well. (laughs) It just swirls and swirls and then... Lazily at the camera. Right. It's preposterous. So I think it's fairly obvious from the previous discussion you've heard, but I am certainly not recommending this movie. No, not at all. Hard pass. (laughs) Thank you, but no thank you. Yeah. I have only ever seen... Can I see the gluten-free menu? (laughs) (laughs) I have only ever seen part of the remake. Have you ever seen either of the other Amityville? I have I've seen trailers, but I've never seen them. Yeah, I've not either because I kind of don't want to watch the more thing. Um... So I can't even recommend an alternate Amityville thing for you. But I will say don't watch this. Do not. This one is a definite no. The first one is supposed to be You know what I will recommend? If you're looking for an 80s haunted house movie, check out House with William Cat. <laughs> Didn't you talk about that before? I have. I've recommended it before on the show. I like it. I don't know if it's quite uh, w- uh, worthy for this particular venture, but it's a decent haunted house movie from the 80s. It's on the fun, lighter side. William Cat and who? Uh, it's not Peter Cheers. Falk, is it? No, no, no. Uh, Norm Lewis? That's the character Norm, played by not John Ratzenberger, but... Jim Katzenberger. John Ratzenberger is the Cliff, the male, Mm -hmm. and his buddy Norm is George Went. Oh. I don't remember what episode you talked about that on, but you definitely talked about that before on the yes, podcast. Yes, I have. So that's my recommendation if you're looking for a haunted house and to kick off your... Mm-hmm. I recommend literally any other movie. 
Carrie is a good one, but that's the 70s. That's true. Uh, we should do everybody's favorite segment of the show. Hot tag tagline. Hot tag tagline. Amityville Horror 3D flies, flies everywhere. I should have gone first. <laughs> you can repeat if you have it. Hot tag tagline. Amityville Horror 3D. <laughs> I like that. I take it. I'm into it. Into it. Into it. Mm-hmm. Anything else? I really don't have much more to say. This was kind of a dull movie. I was disappointed. Yeah, it's, it's not as fun when there's not one end of the spectrum it falls on. Either we like super love it or super hate it, but right. there's kind yeah. of a boring movie. Yeah, it's not It's not great, which is uh, the sort of the death expression. Although it was kind of fun to talk about how stupid it was. And diatribe uh, into other things like sensory deprivation tanks and make <laughs> Ryan's career. Right. Well, you know. Do you want to give the fine Dissectomaniacs a clue for next week? Sure thing. All right. Can you give to me more horror movies? <laughs> I think we can manage that. Thank you. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow. With me, as always, the man too hot to handle and too cold to hold, the macho man Drew, Andrew Lena. Can I say my name speak? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm all out of it. I'll do it one more time. You are fucking... <laughs> Every other week, we dissect... Stop. <laughs> Can you, like, give me at least half a second of debriefing? Like, hey, this week I want you to say this part. This is every week. You tell people what the fuck no, the show I is. No, I don't every week. <sighs> well, you, that's the new, it should be every week. Then I'll do that. Just tell me that's <laughs> the thing. Okay. All right. <laughs>